Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Come here, we're going to talk now to uh, the research associate at the Department of Zoology in Trinity College, a man behind the Critter Shed podcast, and someone we always rely on if we want to talk any kind of small critter, big critter, Irish critter, exotic critter. It is Collie Ennis. Collie, how are you? I'm good. I'm very happy to be here. And we're glad you're in studio uh, because you've brought some little small friends uh, with you, which we'll get to in a minute because Sean is squirming away from the microphone <laughs> as we as we start, sit here beside you. Um, first of all, though, tell us, because you do lots of different types of things. You work in Trinity College, obviously that's your job and whatever else. Uh, but you're constantly, which I love about you, is you're promoting the kind of wildlife, not just Irish wildlife, but exotic wildlife and all kinds of wildlife on your Instagram, on your Twitter, whatever, and you're constantly talking about the kinds of creatures that we live with and the kinds of creatures we can have as pets and whatever. Uh, and you've brought some in today. But when you go to places like, say, Kaleidoscope Festival, mm-hmm. which you'll be at this year, what kind of talks do you give to, to people at Kaleidoscope? Yeah, so the idea behind bringing some of these more exotic creatures to a place like Kaleidoscope is to kind of draw especially kids in, yes. you know, and, and, and the older kids too, with a, with a more... Um, Unusual type of creature than you'd find in your back garden. So, what kind of things would you bring well, along to know, kind of draw them in first? <laughs> Giant salamanders and, and scorpions and tarantulas okay, and, so and stuff like that. Yeah. But then, once you show them how amazing these creatures are, you can kind of expand that into. By the way, you can find these Irish versions in your back garden, and this is how you help them. And what we're trying to do is promote um, effective and affordable conservation that anyone can do. Anyone can do it in their home. It doesn't have to be... You don't have to have a load of land. Yeah. You can have a balcony. You can have a small garden, back garden. And, you know, there are really small little steps you can make that will really help nature out. One of my daughters is obsessed with little creepy crawlies, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a little odd. Some people are, some people aren't. (laughs) Um, But she has those little bug hotels. And so she has them around. And if anyone doesn't know, they're just little wooden structures with you know, little tubes and different areas in them. And obviously bugs go, oh, nice. All I, all I want is a little bit of shelter from the rain or whatever. Yeah, I'll exactly. go in here. So she loves going out there and seeing what's in it. She has a real interest in that. So that's just literally, you know, earwigs, ladybirds, spiders, things that are in the in the front garden or whatever. But there's so much more. Yeah. Like not just the urban fox you might see if you were driving early in the morning. Like wildlife is is everywhere. Everywhere. And it's something we kind of have lost touch with it a little bit. Mm. Maybe a digital disconnect because we always have our nose and our phones instead of looking up in the trees. Um, and kids still have that. I never grew out of that. Mm. Kids still have that wonder where they kind of like to flip rocks and look under logs and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, as you said, wildlife is all around us. When you leave your bin out for the night and you you you, you pull it away to, to put it outside on the curb, look down, you'll see worms and slugs trying to make a home. Themselves right. there, okay. and this is the sort of stuff. If you leave out stuff like bug hotels and piles of logs, just just a meter of your garden to give it up a little bit of a, ne- a mess for nature is what I call it. Mess for nature, and, love that. And, yeah, and, and you know, uh, things will arrive if you build it; they will come. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because look, people like slagging me all the time because I have astro and obviously plastic grass and collianus do not <laughs> do not go hand in hand. However, around the astro that yes. we have, we have loads of plants, loads of, and we always plant those kind of seed bombs yeah. and we never know what's going to come up yeah. uh, in the springtime and there's loads of stuff like you know flowering at the moment and it's amazing to see 
you, you can if you just sit there for five minutes the amount of life that you see around those areas is unbelievable yeah it really is if you just give it a little bit of breathing space for nature and we we, we saw that in the last number of years when people weren't around so much yeah uh, nature really bounces back if you just give it that chance and I think that's what we're trying to promote um, Okay, well, look, let's look inside your boxes of wonder. Uh, and Sean is uh, giggling nervously to the side just, of you. I'm not doing anything. You don't you have to do anything, Sean. You just have to uh, respect the animals that we're going to bring here. So, Collie, tell us about the first thing you're showing us well, here. I, I took out this kind of scary looking oh, girl God. here. But, uh, yeah. So this is a, a, a giant spiny stick insect. Okay. And if you look at her, she does look pretty ferocious. But she would live in the forest of Papua New Guinea right down through into Australia in the, in the rainforest. Okay, so I'm going to give people a quick description of yeah. her because she's about the size of your hand. Collie's yes. a man. He's got a man's hand, so it's about that size. I suppose it's traditional stick insect size in that it's got, like, obviously six legs, a big, long... Uh, giant legs. Their giant legs, legs are very big, yeah. But a lot chunkier than your skinny. I was skinny. just about to say. <laughs> so the, the image I would have of a stick insect is literally a stick-thin you know, creature with the legs sticking out and it can blend in with the foliage or or the leaves or whatever. But she's a big girl. Oh, yeah, she's about the width of your index finger. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And, uh, you know, the the stick insects are great mimics. They mimic sticks, they mimic leaves as well. But these guys, actually, if you can imagine at night, they'll go up into a log or a piece of bark and fold their legs down the side of their body. So they literally look, you would not see them. Right. If you think of this scene out of Aliens where they all start coming out of the walls, that's right. exactly that's what, what they, they look, look like, like at night. Okay. They okay. start coming out of the walls. And, and you can see a brilliant thing on the back here. Now, that looks like a stinger. Yeah. But that's actually called an ovipositor. So that's something that all in, female insects would have to lay eggs with. Oh, right. And bees and wasps that sting you, that's actually a modified Ovipositor. Right, so okay. It's, it's kind of a great example if you're showing to students about how evolution can happen. Of course. And so forth, you know? Can but she sting? Can, can she sting no, you or no. do anything bad? Not, not, not at all. <laughs> she can't do anything bad. But if she's feeling threatened, she'll rare the, uh, the stinger up and oh, point it. And so it's, it's, like like, a, it's a threat, but it's, it's like nothing behind exactly. it. Gotcha. Okay, so you said Papua New Guinea for, for her. So uh, Sorry, does she have a name, by the way? No, because no. I'm about 42 of them. So right, gotcha. It's hard to, hard to name all of them. Uh, so, Papua New Guinea, but she will obviously do well in what? A terrarium with a, with exactly, a heat lamp yeah. or something like that? Yeah, is that heat lamp, too? 22 degrees, and then a drop in temperatures at night. And that's another thing we'll be talking about as well, a kaleidoscope. It's kind of like responsible animal keeping. It's wonderful to get any pet, but just like a dog or a cat, you know, a, yeah. a, a tortoise or, or, or even a stick insect should be careful. Something that does have a stinger <laughs> yes. is in a little box there beside you. And uh, uh, this, uh, even from the, the shape of the back, I see of the box. Like, this is definitely a scorpion. Yes, it is. And this okay. is a. Uh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and you can see straight away. There's, there. she's, yeah, she kind she's, of reared up. Yeah, so it's classical scorpion shape. Um, this is a very dark species of forest scorpion. And you, if you look very closely on her body, she's a lot of hairs. So if I touch her anywhere around, yes. she's reactive. She's reactive. She doesn't yeah. have the same kind of vision or senses that we have, the way we perceive the world. So she's getting chemical signals. She's getting the breeze off my breath. Gotcha. She knows I'm here, and she's letting me know that she's she's not happy. Yeah. So currently, her two pincers are are <laughs> yeah, out, and they are open. <laughs> and also her stinging tail, of course, it's which right is, up, is yeah. right up. So she's yeah. definitely just aware that it, I was I was somewhere else a second ago, and now I'm in a different <laughs> yeah. environment. She was very much aware when I was taken out of our lovely yeah. <laughs> home in, in Wicklow there this right, morning. Right, so, right, right. But um, yeah, a, a fantastic uh, animal scorpions are great mothers, unbelievably so. Mm. So uh, when, a, when a 
scorpion has her babies, she'll put them on her back and they're tiny white defenseless scorpions and she'll carry them around and she'll actually produce kind of a, a substance for them to eat no through way. her exoskeleton and then she'll, you know, protect them until they're ready to wander off and make their way in the world. And uh, my, my daughters, unlike Sean, love different critters like this, Sean. From a distance, I like them. Well, <laughs> and from one of their, I think it was their, it was birthday before it comes, it must have been their fifth birthday. Uh, they had animals come to the house and one of them was a scorpion. But this scorpion, I don't know if it's all of them or just this one, when you shone a black light on it, oh, yeah. it went from black to like bright blue. Yes, yeah, so all scorpions fluoresce under under uh, UV light and, and and the black lights, and we're still kind of not sure why. Why? Yeah. yeah. So some people, the, the latest theory is that their whole exoskeleton is kind of uh, because they're nocturnal. Most of them is kind of a a an eye that will sense, sense the light and stuff like that. That's that's one movement, right? Sean, what, what, those, what are you freaking those out? Those yolks at the front that look like lobster claws. Claws, yeah. yeah. Like, look at that. She, she, she just, she just what went she, for What did she do with them? And that's should her, I be worried? That's her primary way of uh, dispatching prey. Yeah. So she'll so, grab, pinch, yeah. and, and she consume. she me with them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the pinch from her is probably worse than the sting. Ah, there you go. The rule of tongue with scorpions is the bigger the, the claws, <laughs> the less the venom. The less the venom. So yeah. it's the little claws you're really, really careful Yeah, it's the little guys of. because they're the ones who have to pack a big punch and generally they're the desert species as well because yes. when you're living in a desert it's a rough and tumble world so you've got to make sure that anything that wants to eat you can't and anything that you want to eat you want to be you sure want to eat quickly. quickly okay we're running out of time yeah. uh, you've got look, give, give us something exciting there what, even more exciting than a, than a scorpion for El Sean what have you got there <laughs> well I thought I'd show you oh, oh yeah. look at these oh two little toads two are little they? toads yeah these are the toads uh, that have appeared in the Dublin mountains well have been discovered in the Dublin mountains we so were talking about we these were talking much about nicer these. that's why I wanted to bring you in I yeah. won't touch them but they look nicer so and, and, and the great thing well the interesting thing it's kind of uh, it's up in the air whether it's great or not but these are European species of toads okay. found only in Europe and into the UK but now they're in the Dublin hills okay. and they seem to be fairly widespread and uh, yeah. So can that can that be both a good or a bad thing? Like that's depending. why it requires a lot of study. Right. See what they're eating, what effect they're having on our native animals, if any. Um, and so far, it doesn't look like they're having much of an impact, which is good news. Mm. But definitely want to watch for okay. down the road. And you can tell just for if you ever want to know the difference between a boy and a girl toad. Yeah. The boy is a lot smaller with oh, big Popeye arms. I see the arms, yeah, yeah big been, strong he's arms. Been, uh, he's been doing some serious curls with them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And she's quite rotund, she's full of big. eggs. She's big, yeah, full of eggs. Okay, so have you, and is either of them named? So that's uh, Myrtle, and, and we haven't got the, the boy name. All right, so, so the girl is Myrtle. Or if you want to suggest a name for the boy toad who's smaller than Myrtle but has big, massive Popeye arms. Any suggestions in 87 4100 Collie Ennis, it's always amazing to talk to you. You've got a podcast called The Critter Shed, mm -hmm. which discusses all these kinds of oh, things all the time. Yeah. Uh, you'll find Collie at Kaleidoscope, and of course, kaleidoscopefestival.ie forward slash tickets is where you want to go. It's on June 30th to the 2nd of July, 2023. It's the number one music and arts camping festival for families and friends, and you've people like Niall Rogers and Sheik, Gavin James, Bewitched, uh, you've also got Roshino and you've also got Kali Ennis there as well. Yeah. So loads of stuff to do at Kaleidoscope. Go along and see it. Uh, Kaleidoscope.ie, sorry, Kaleidoscopefestival.ie forward slash tickets. Kali, thank you. You're very welcome. A pleasure to have you in as always. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today.